Well, GM, I guess it's just us two. <laughs> GM, GM. <laughs> Episode 87, just Rooster and Kaleo. Give me, like, I, uh, I just realized my other phone is charging. Or I thought it was charging for the past, like, 45 minutes, and I went to go check it. And it's not plugged into the wall. So it's plugged into the phone. The cord is, but it is like, you know, where it's just slightly loose from it to where it doesn't have any power. So yeah, it is charging at the moment and we'll have the Kaleo account up here too. Um, but we're going and, you know, during this space, I told myself I'm going to, as I do this, I've got the codes and everything that Hondo sent me just a little bit ago. So I got to send that stuff out to Too Easy Trizzy, the other winners, so expect those DMs from me as soon as I get the Kaleo account back up. Um, Trizzy, how do you feel? Well, actually, I got to get you up here because I want to see how you feel uh, day number two after that dub. Oh, you can't come up. It's sad. Okay. Well, congratulations either way, though. Um, Johnny Z LTC. I think I remember seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the winner. I'm pretty fine. Like, I've got to send it over to you, man. Trust me today here in a bit. You can ask Rooster. I'm the absolute worst as far as sending things immediately, but they are always sent. <laughs> like, is that true, Rooster? Yeah, no, but I mean, shit, you deliver a lot. I mean, even if it's a couple days, like, you know, these uh, these Nike NFT shoes probably aren't coming out for another nine months. So, like, you know. Uh, I think you cleared in the uh, with you know within a few days is pretty damn quick when you compare it to the rest of the space. I appreciate that, man. That does mean a lot. Oh, the other phone's starting to turn on. I see the Apple logo coming up. Um. So yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. <laughs> Yesterday, the space ran a lot further than I expected it to, and I had some. Stuff to run off to. I had to go watch the uh, the Strohs take a dub. So, um, too easy, Trizzy, though. What's going on, man? How how are you doing? Are you work right I think now? I bet that. I think I bet Strohs to take a dub. Dude, the Strohs, well, he, here's the deal. And it's not because the Strohs are just amazing in the, the postseason. The reason to bet on the Strohs right now is that the Rangers are, yeah, the Rangers are just choke artists, pure choke artists. They always have been. And like, so I would bet on that more than I would on the fact that it's just, you know, the Strohs are a dynasty. Personally, at least. Yeah, I think about the Strohs are taking them, so. Okay, we got this other one pulling up. Yeah, I sent some. Uh, I it. guess sent some Europeans this morning by tweeting, uh, quote tweeting how you should tip. Uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> like, there's this post. Uh, it's like this viral post. I think God said like he thinks he's seen her before. I don't know. Don't really care. Like, regardless of the post or not. But this woman was pretty much refusing to deliver what was equivalent of. Uh, $400 of Costco sodas um, when she got there and then they were refusing to tip so she was just like I'm going to go take it back to the store and then you'll get your refund and you know you can figure it out um, 
from there. And then I was like, okay, this is how you should tip, you know, delivery service, 20%, full service restaurants, um, 20%, and then counter service slash like takeout orders, meaning like coffee shops, sandwich shops, like five to 10%. And uh, I also meet the Europeans sort of getting outraged. Oh, dude, honest. yes. They, well, <laughs> it's the same thing in Asia too. I remember when I got there and I was there for a couple weeks, like Singapore, Hong Kong. I got dropped off by the taxi driver, right? And uh, when I got dropped off to the hotel, I was pulling out cash. I handed him, you know, like a $10 bill or something. And he just looked at me and he was like, he didn't know what to do. And he was like, uh, what, what is this for? And I was like, oh, it's a tip. And he was like, huh? And I, I was like, yeah, take it. And he was like, okay. And it wasn't until after that. When I got into the hotel, I was talking to somebody the next day, and they were like, yeah, you know, you don't tip in Asia. Like, it just isn't. They actually told me some people get offended if you tip them because they're like, oh, are you saying that, you know, I'm not getting paid enough or I'm not doing whatever? And it's like taken as a sign of offense, which is, you know, completely different mindset. Yeah, and you know, in in some cultures, that is, you know, definitely reasonable uh, to understand. But, however, in America, the culture is tipping. It's been for you know over a hundred years, and if it's something you can do yourself, if you don't want to pay for it, just do it yourself. Then, you know, I agree with you to a certain extent. Then there are the annoying things. Where you feel obligated, and I get it's their job, man. But like, for instance, when I get dropped off at a nice hotel, I just want to walk my bags. Like, I like doing that. I don't like people touching my stuff. <laughs> and when the guys come up and like try to grab it out of your hands and are like too forceful with it, I'm like, man, no, please, I got it. And I get it. You know, they're they're hustling for the tips, and part of me feels bad. I'm like should I let them do this? But I'm like, no, I, I don't mind doing it myself. Why? Like, I don't know. So there, there are little things like that about tip culture that I struggle with a little bit more. Um, I, I, I think no, for sure. Thing. Like to, to a certain extent, it has gotten out of hand. Like, you know, Torchy's prompting you with like 20, 25% when I'm ordering a, like a breakfast burrito to go. Yes. Like, obviously I'm not <laughs> I'm not talking yeah. about in in those you know scenarios. It, it does get outrageous because, I mean, honestly, they're legally allowed to pay tipped workers below minimum wage. So companies are going to take advantage of that. Yes, your you know your way of you know fighting against the system, right? Should not be fucking over the underpaid workers. It should be you know actually doing progressive things to, you know, reaching out to your congresswoman or something like that. Like people's mindset on it is to me is just so baffling. Like, you know, I could buy coffee and make it at my house for, you know, seven dollars the entire week, right? Like fifteen bucks for two weeks. If you're going to spend, you know, six bucks on the coffee and you can't throw an extra dollar to the person making your coffee, maybe just make it at home then. That's my thing. Okay, you know, the thing that gets me, for instance, like this happened to me yesterday. So I went to Chiba Hut and 
love Chiba Hut, right? Like, there's this dude that, you know, anytime he is working there, I, I have to tip him. And the only reason why, the other people, whenever you check out, they're like, okay, you know, here's a button on a screen, press it, and, you know, move on. And, like, if I'm just getting a to-go sandwich, I'm not going to put a tip down. I just, like, it's to-go for a sandwich. I'm just picking it up. There's not a service being performed. This guy, though, man, when I when I order, he just looks at me and he has so much energy. And he looks and he's like, all right, now you're going to fill out this form right here. And we appreciate you very much. And it's like the way he says it, I like I cannot, even though I'm like, there's nothing you're doing to deserve this right now. I still have to press the tip button because he basically told me you are tipping me here. Thank you for it. So like, that's the type of stuff that I'm like, ah, you know, that didn't used to exist. Yes. No. And, and I agree with you as a whole, the culture itself has gotten out of hand. Um, but you know, with your basic, with your full service restaurants and your delivery drivers, like, obviously, if it's not worth your time to pay the inflated prices to go to the store and buy $400 worth of sodas, why would it be someone at worth someone else's time if you're not paying them for it? Yeah, it doesn't make sense, man. I want to hear Wonka's take on all this as the uh, Euro in the group. Yo, uh, I will, I will, I will uh, give my take uh, in five minutes. I'm drinking my protein. <laughs> okay, Just go back. I hear you over there trying to get jacked. Uh, but I don't even know what we're talking about. Was there a fight about tipping? Or <laughs> no, it's not a fight about it. It's just like a cultural argument about the difference. I don't even know how this came up. Um, I think we're kind of just you know like we just spend these spaces bsing half the time. It- um, but is it is it true that you guys tip a lot, or? I mean, it's true that you're expected to in certain situations. Okay. Yes. So what? I, oh yeah, where it came up was, Rooster was saying he was teaching a woman that, you know, European woman that had no idea. No, <laughs> no, that is pause. That is not anything that I said. I said I tweeted some quote tweeted a viral video and it stirred up some Europeans in the comments. That's what I said. <laughs> okay, I mean, what I know here, it's like 10%. But like at a restaurant or so, I mean, I don't really tip for delivery or whatever. Never. Yes, but the cultural differences is like, in America, companies are allowed to pay below minimum wage to people who are supposed to receive tips. So, and to someone of an extent on certain services, you should be tipping or you're costing that worker money, essentially. Yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's the right thing to do. Holy cow, look, guys. Claudio decided to show up. And we quickly convinced a European on the appropriate tipping culture of uh, America, which I was honestly expecting a lot more fight from Wonka, but maybe he just hasn't had enough pre-workout yet. 
Okay, I'm back. I'll tell you, one of the annoying things about operating spaces in general, if you're in a space, you cannot fully mute the volume from your phone. If you can, I have not figured it out. And it's irritating because if you've got two phones at once and you want them next to each other, you have to go put the other one in a different room, or otherwise you're going to have like some type of reverb. But we're back. So let me go ahead. I've got to tweet this out now from this account as well. Dude, I'll tell you, one of the cool things, too, about all this, I'm going to put it in X first. We'll see what happens with X. I'll, I'll put it in the uh, Stars Arena stuff, too. We'll see if we get anybody from there. I'm telling you, I'm getting more engagement on that timeline than I am here. It's been crazy. All right, we've got, uh, let's see, Screeds. I think I said that right, Screeds. You did. What is going on? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing today? Doing well. I'm, I'm struggling to hear you right now, though. Are you? Is it just me? Yeah. Wait, I mean, say it hello? Again. Hello? Okay, I'm back. Yeah, my volume was messed up. I'm, I'm good. I, I, got a, I got a question about the whole tipping thing. Do you think it's a good idea to have restaurants as like a tip-only service? And let me let me rephrase that a little bit. Do you think it's right that the businessman that owns the restaurant should should only be able to pay or have to pay his employees two dollars and thirty five cent an hour because they're expected to get tips? No, because see, is that's kind of go ahead. Is it right? Is you know a system? I think tipping. Question? I think <laughs> tipping as a well. What I'm saying here is, imagine if you weren't expected to tip, not expected, right to tip. That means that employee would have to get paid at least something, right? Or he wouldn't do the job. Right. Now, if he did a good job on it, then he also got a tip. But don't you think it would be better if that employee made $15 an hour instead of $250 and then also got tips on top of it if he did a good job? Not just expected to get a 20% tip because if you don't tip him, he's not going to be able to pay his bills. So there is – I mean, systematically, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Um, at the same time, the way it's evolved in America is, is if you've ever been you know, out to Europe and gotten Europe and service or service in Europe, it's a, essentially inexistent. Like you struggle I've to heard get that. more than one water, right? So, yeah, I, and I've heard, you know, in other countries and stuff, it's, you know, like you said, somebody, you know, people take a fist to tip sometimes. Right. right. Um, um, I just think so that it would be better. Far, far ahead. Not yeah. only that, if company what do companies do when they have to pay their employees more in america they raise their prices so you're essentially wanting well they're raising their prices anyways okay okay but they're gonna use it as an excuse to raise their prices anymore you they never they never decline their prices right so you're gonna be paying about 20 percent more anyway so you're essentially willingly wanting to give money to someone who regulates the amount of money these underpaid employees get, right? So for most places, um, you're going to be cutting the income of these service workers. And then the service is going to go down. You're not going to get service. And it's a cascading effect from there. Well, the only thing that, that kind of brings me into that is because there is a, I can't remember what airport it is, but they have, you know, those self prompts where you go get your boarding pass and everything yourself on the little TV or on the little screen. 
they're now asking for tips. Yeah, and, they, and that's completely out of pocket, and you should not feel bad about very smugly putting nothing. Like, I'm, I'm not saying you should feel bad about that. That is, like, obviously out of pocket. However, when it comes to, you know, restaurants and other things you could and should do yourself if you don't want to tip, it's how it's supposed to be. Okay, well, let me say this. Let's say you're uh, you and your wife, y'all are kind of down on your luck right now. It's y'all's anniversary. And you want to take your wife out somewhere really nice, or at least somewhat nice, to be able to, you know, just enjoy y'all's anniversary. You think it's right that that man shouldn't go out? He should have to eat at home because he can't tip that employee? Um, I do think it's important to properly manage your money. Um, That's and beside if, the fact. If, I'm if, talking about if, one if you dinner, are just – No, if, if one it's just an anniversary you thing. into a crippling position to where you can't afford your basic necessities, then absolutely you should not be going there for your anniversary. I mean, I, I okay, think that's bro, easier said than done, though. No, it's not. That, I mean, that, that's, but that's here's, here's the deal. You, you just have to be honest with your with your significant other, and I think that they should understand the situation that you're in and be like, okay, you know, like, we're in a tough spot. We don't need to go to the nicest thing. We can do something else. What happens if, you know, y'all haven't been out for a whole year? You're struggling still. You, well, you think that's I mean, right, though. That if, you, think if, that's well, right, if you can though. budget for I, look, it, I'm you, a tipper. You budget in the tip. I'm a tipper, bro. If you budget, I'm not if you budget, budget I just for think it, you there, budget in the tip. I just think that there is certain circumstances to where tipping bro, has gotten have, out of hand. You have an entire year to plan for your anniversary. If you're planning on spending 200 bucks on dinner and drinks, right, stuff that's gone immediately, you can afford to budget three dollars a month to tip your server when you go out to eat at that nice restaurant that one time of the year i'm just saying what if you don't do you think you should have to bro i'm just i i think we might have to move the discussion on only for one reason i'm getting some severe ptsd right now for my notifications in the stars arena chat because i actually was thinking earlier about man Life would be so much better in there if I could just mute in the replies certain words so I wouldn't have to see them. It's like, tip me, bro. I'm such a loyal follower of yours that's been following you for three days. Will you please? I'm always here for you. Like these bots that all they do is simp for tips, man. Like, and it's like, what have you? Okay, wait, you followed me. So I should tip you? Like, how, how does that work? Dude. How does that work, bro? No, that's, yeah, that's uh, part of the reason. Yeah, I'm so talking about right tipping now. culture, like, that's where it gets out of control. <laughs> so, yeah, but bots, I've got some, got some tipping PTSD of, right it's now. It's bots take everything out of control, it, it's especially like a, if it's unregulated. Yeah, it's like a cheat code. I, I don't know. I I tipped, like, point one dollars and then i got like 30 comments in my post so that was like the cheapest boost that you can have (laughs) that's fair man that's fair you can tip like a penny and it'll get people you know but Um, what's like the like the cheat code in the arena is like a retweet from you that's like I I don't see any anything <laughs> else. It's like I wake up and then there's like thirty notifications. I'm like, whoa, what happened? Okay, Kelly reposted. So. 
Yeah, appreciate it. it. Thank it. you. I got to show love to the stonks holders. <laughs> you know, like I've I've got to pump y'all up. Utility right there, no? <laughs> That's utility. That's utility for owning a stonk. Um, we got somebody new on stage. Beamerboy.fire. What's going on? Welcome up. Yo, yo, what's good? What's good? You know what it is. I don't know what it is because you're cutting out on me, actually. I hey, wish I did. Let me fix this real quick, Ben. Hold up for a quick second. You, Ooh, man, hold up, man. We can't have. And sometimes, man, we get sucked into the vapor. Yeah, I mean, the vapor is rug us, taking man, every, it every is what it word is, man. Point. We're going to freaking make it work either way it goes. Man, blessings on blessings on blessings to you guys, man. Happy Friday to everybody in the space. I just love the conversation that I came into, man, the tip culture, man. You know, like, I, my feeling on it real quick, man, is that, honestly, man, I just did an anniversary. I just did my wife's birthday, first anniversary this year, you know, and uh, you got to be prepared, bro, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, you're not going to go out and spend freaking two, $300 and not tip the fucking waiter. That's just goddamn no class, bro. Stop playing. Keep that shit real, bro. But other than that, man, you ain't got to follow me. and You definitely ain't got to send me no tips on the Stars Arena. I'm still going to be there either way it goes because that's what we do, baby. We are here grinding and you know where I'm at. If you don't already know where I'm at, then tap in because I'm out here, man. Community supporter. Hey, yo, yo. You want, you want me to aid Beans. you? Let's buy, go, buy man. Blessings, man. I just wanted to come over here and give, give y'all some good energy, man. Let's go. Hey, I appreciate it. The, ener- the energy's on point, man. You buy a walkie stock and I'll ape you immediately. Oh, that's utility. Now I can't hear the uh, co-host. <laughs> yeah, the see, there, Beamer Boy conveniently is the, the technical difficulties now. <laughs> Wait, can you not hear me? Do I need to leave and come back? He in? says he can't hear you. I don't know if he can hear me. Okay, well, ta- I'll, I'll be back. I mean, I believe it. Give me a minute. So while Kelly is away, Rooster, I have a question for you. So if you go on a dinner, let's say it's $200, how much are you expected to uh, tip and how much would you tip? Like just out of curiosity. So if it's $200 and I'm going out to dinner, yes, um, it depends. If it's just you know a normal dinner, fine service, that's going to be 20% automatic. You're not getting below 20 unless if it's god awful service uh, okay so you're expected to tip 20 percent. yeah about about now if like, they spit in your food i'd do 15 percent. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no um yeah so about 20 percent now depending on like it, if the server goes like above and beyond like if they if when i'm making the reservation they ask me if i'm celebrating something if i'm celebrating an anniversary you know, I've been to places that have decorated the table for uh, without even knowing, right? They just asked me if I'm celebrating. I said, celebrating anniversary. Roses on the table, um, glass of champagne, like already sitting for us, completely unasked for, right? That server got 30% tip that night, maybe 40%. Um, I think I left 80 on 250 or something like that that night. Uh, 
I would have left a hundred, but didn't have the extra 20 in cash. Like think, things like that. Like I, I have no, pro- if someone goes out of their way for me and I'm like, I, I budgeted for this. I know the dinner is going to be expensive. Um, and I know, you know, I was raised properly. So I'm going to tip my service accordingly. Um, all right. We got, we got a new take on it. Uh, the Italian stallion, deep, dark crypto, old school for life himself. I think Yakimit's cousin is also what I heard. What's going on, man? Hey guys. Uh, I, I appreciate you letting me in. I know I, this is the first time I've ever been in this space, but I saw that, uh, Bay was in it. So, uh, and I respect that man and I don't even know him really, but the words that he preaches, uh, seem authentic, genuine, and real. And, uh, that's what I look for. I'm brutally honest. And, uh, I was going to say piggybacking off of the tipping, you know, and I've, I've worked off tips in my life before and, you know, it's a thing called tip karma. But what I do is, and I've served tables and like you start off at a 10, 20% is the average. And you either, if your service is not good, you're going to go down to a nine. And I kind of like rate my, my, my service. And that's how you, you know, because I used to live on tips. So, you know, if you're a shitty server, you're going to get a shitty tip. And despite how much the meal is, you know what I mean? In my opinion. Um, now, if you go above and beyond, yes, uh, you're definitely going to get more. You're going to be in at 11 now or a 12, if that makes sense on my scale of what I'm doing. And, um, but yeah, man, there's a thing called tip karma. You don't go out there and spend 500 bucks on a meal and leave a dude 10 bucks for a tip. No, that's just wrong. Well, and I think a lot of people too, because I have served tables previously in my life as well. Um, service actually tip out about between four and 5%. So if you're tipping, you know, 5% or less, they actually lost money. Uh, on that table, they actually paid a few bucks for you to sit there and take a table out of their section for two hours at a time um, and then leave. They paid two to you know ten dollars or whatever for you to be there. Um, so it's actually definitely common courtesy to tip appropriately, and I think anything below fifteen percent is pretty much a fuck you. I agree two hundred percent. Okay, so my last my last uh, take on it. In Switzerland, we are, we are, we usually go f- with ten percent, which seems much. I mean, I don't know if it's twenty percent is like the lowest you guys would go. That's like crazy low that we are going that low here. Well, but okay, we we pay minimum wage. Yeah, yeah, they get paid. No, we're saying twenty percent average. Yeah. Like twenty percent is just kind of the standard. You know, and realistically, what I do, you know, it's like 15%. If it's absolutely terrible, they like offended me, you know, whatever else, I'll, I'll still give 15% just because I'm not an asshole. Um, you know, 20% average, like, okay, you know, you did what you were expected to do, 25 to 30 if they were just like exceptional. I like that. I like the way you go about that. That's kind of how I am really with my number system. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple so, as a, like, you know, that's the way it is. If you can't afford it, you know, pour up a shot at your house. 
I got <laughs> exactly. cook a steak, exactly. cook a steak on the grill, like you know, whatever. But anyways, yeah. I, I got to take. Oh, here this. we go. Let's go, beat drunk. Yeah. For for the most part, I totally agree with what Rooster's been saying. I mean, you're you're nailing that. Uh, the experience and, and the way to tip is perfect. However, when it comes to the anniversary question, if you're contemplating your anniversary and not going somewhere or not doing something based on tipping or based on, hey, this is going to cost too much, then there is probably a big problem in your relationship. You need to knock that shit off and focus on the person next to you. You got no money, go out and pick some flowers and cook her dinner. It could be flowers from your neighbor's yard. Uh, this is after, you know, 23 anniversaries that I've celebrated. Seen the whole gambit. But you're going out to a dinner to a nice restaurant, you're going to tip. Period. That's what you do. Unless the service is just fucked up. Period. You know? You know? But otherwise, you, t- you tip. And you tip the people well that really care about you. There are servers out there that actually care about well, us. Dude, you know tip the him. worst thing is? Whenever you get a table of people that... Like, they say something's off with the food, and they try to use that as an excuse not to pay, and then the restaurant, like, ends up doing that. Like, even if somehow there was something where, hey, the food was awful, and the restaurant prompted you to say, hey, you shouldn't have to pay for this, you should still tip the waiter. Right? Absolutely. Like, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's the type of thing where, you know, when you hear about people that just go in and they like don't even think to do that that's where it gets messed up right so you know there are things like that like you can judge tipping the character for the food. pretty quick bro yeah. there's yeah like they're tipping being for the food the food's either good or bad it's how well that server and the service that you got from the restaurant uh is is basing that tip you know, and starting at, you know, the lowest, you know, if it's crappy and it's, you know, the, the service was just okay, then, and it's a very nice restaurant, you're going to get out of there with like 15, 20% tip, you know, because maybe they had an off night because everybody has an off night. Uh, there, there's a human story behind it that people need to, you know, kind of take care of just because you went in there and you're having a good day doesn't mean everybody else is. And you take everything into consideration, the atmosphere and all of that, base your tip on that. I mean, hell, I've doubled tips. I've doubled my, doubled, you know, doubled the bill at the end of the night because the service was just outstanding. Uh, Good for you, man. Good for you. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, somebody really goes out of their way and makes it special night for you. um, You're ecstatic from it. You know, they're helping share into that specialness that you're having, and they should be rewarded for Dude, it. Yeah, especially, like, you know, if you're planning on spending the money anyways, and to what Kaleo said, like, if anything gets taken off my bill, that's, I'm planning on spending it anyways, it's going straight to the server, right? My, Absolutely. My girl used to work Absolutely. in the nightlife in Houston, so she knew, we knew everybody at pretty much, like, every major bar, every major club only got charged like 30 percent of the drinks that we would actually drink there right and i would tip over a hundred you know my bill sometimes would be like fifty dollars for the night right and we drank like four or five hundred dollars worth of alcohol i would leave 200 bucks you know five or four times what they and obviously that kept that coming right um, but if, it, if it's coming off my bill, it's going straight to the server. Cause for one, they're the one that facilitated that. 
Right. Another thing a lot of people don't realize with the server, like let's just say the food is taking too long to deliver. That's not on the server. That's on the kitchen. And, and a lot of people that have never worked in a restaurant, I guess they just don't get that simple concept. But that's not on the server. You know right. what I mean? That's on the back of the house. You know, up and, and down the industry, take man, the back. You know, I'm out here in Las Vegas, man. Go ahead, my Las bad. Vegas, Las Vegas. No worries, bro. I wasn't trying to cut you off. It's always respect, my friend. Um, uh, but I'm out here in Las Vegas, and you know, the industry out here, um, you know, it's a tipping industry. Um, you know, when you're out right. here, you're working, and you're putting that type of work on your back in the industry. You got to tip people. You know, I I was a chef for Wolfgang Pucks and and a couple other restaurants, and then on top of that, I've also been a VIP host and so forth. Copy. You know, I mean, so you, gotta, you know, at the end y'all of the day, so in Vegas, in Vegas, y'all also get a uh, an expected tip tax, don't you? Well, well, because that you're they're expected to make so much in tips, so they already get taxed um, on it. You, yeah, it depends on how many people are in your group. Like, if you, I think it's if it's six or more, it's an automatic grab. It's automatic gratuity. No, no, no. You personally, um, as the server or the the one that's getting the tips, y'all at the end of the year, y'all have an expected amount that you're going to get tipped throughout the year, deciding what job you do. So y'all are going to pay a tax on that no matter what, right? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. They, okay. they, how, they, how they have it figured. It's just – it's crazy, man. There's a lot of different things, changes that have been made here in Vegas as, as far as the hospitality industry goes. And they're trying to tax everything. But what it is is people who are in the tip industry – they don't make what everyone else makes. Like say for instance, a person that gets tips every day, they might make like freaking as a, on the, on the clock, they might make $7 an hour on the clock in Texas. But it's two. you know, like, yeah, exactly. $2 like, or, 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 and, and I'm, and I'm being, and like I said, and I'm being very, very like, you know, gracious on that. Actually, it's probably closer to like $4 and some change here in Las Vegas. And then they, and then now they're making them split their tips. So then, then the, the tips have to go into a pool and these guys are having to split tips. I'm like, what? What the hell happened to the industry? That's that is just ridiculous. You know, at the end of the day, it's already hard enough. You're already dealing with kid disaster war areas when you come out of a lot of these tables and these freaking groups of families and stuff like that. And then on top of it, you got to split your tips. That is so ridiculous. I'm I'm, I'm like, oh, hell no. You know, like the new industry and this this new balance that they've created is unbalanced as hell. It's ridiculous. And at the end of the day, you know, like I love I love going out, you know. And, but the thing is, is I always know when I go out first off, like a bartender, I'll tip the bartender before I even order any drinks. Like, look, I'm going to give you this. We're going to be here for a while. I just want to bless you right up front and make sure you're taken care of. They immediately start hitting us with drinks and hooking us up all night long. But, you you know, you got to have that type of love and that type of respect for the person that's being, you know, blessed, a uh, blessing to you. They're there to bless you and take care of you for the night or forever that whatever that time is. And if you show them that love, a lot of times they might be having a bad day sometimes. But you could be that person to change their bad day. Agreed. Just that tip. It could <laughs> literally change their life in a matter of you just handing them a couple extra dollars. Yeah, if y'all want that And, tip. you know, you're going to spin it and blow it yeah. out your butt anyway. So. If y'all want that tip out, and though, then, when you go to the bar, this is how, how you order drinks. When you go to the bar, you order one drink, close out, tip fat. Like, if you drink 15 bucks, leave a 20, right? Close out your first drink, and then reopen your tab, and I guarantee you the bartender will pay you more attention, and you'll be... Uh, get heavier drinks and be first in line. Um, and then obviously take care of them afterwards. It's not saying, you know, tip once to sip your bartender after they hook you up. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, you gotta take but care yeah, of them. If, if you want that, you know, great service at a bar. Order a drink, close it out, tip fat, and reopen your tab. And True. the other other good thing about taking care of the bartender or the the waiter, especially a bartender, you know, they can kind of like if you want to, you know, and I'm just using this as a raw example. Like if you want to find like a a home ga- a home poker game or a you know you know where to find some in Nevada, I know weed's legal, so but anyways, you know, like something like that, the bartender can usually point you in the right direction. Because he's the bartender, you know, or if you're looking for a bookie or something. I mean, you're not looking for a bookie in Vegas, but you know what I mean. The bartender, if you take care of him, he can kind of maybe, you know, point you in the right direction on other avenues if you're like new in on a vacation or whatever. Yeah, you know, like it's crazy. I, I am actually working now. I actually work for the union that holds all the jobs and all the workers throughout the whole industry here in Las Vegas. I work at the union hall now, but, um, you know, like even, even like when I was a VIP host out here and hosting, I mean, dude, the tips were ridiculous. Like seriously, like I've had, I've had sultans and princes come from Saudi Arabia. And when I tell you that these guys, they don't have a limit as far as what a tip is. These guys tip twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and they'll take you on a flight with them and send you back home when you're done. You know, it's real life out there, man. So you just gotta be. You gotta have some sort of integrity. That's what it comes down to. Exactly, I agree with you two hundred percent. Just don't be a cheap bastard. Like, I mean, it really just boils boils down to that. Like, you know, tip your servers well. Right. Don't be a cheap. You're going bastard. out to a nice restaurant. Don't- Bastard, you're going to the nice restaurant. So none of this has answered my question, though. How much am I expected to tip somebody just for following me? Because that's the question I get every single day in my comments on SA. Like, do I have to tip everybody that follows depends me? Depends on who that, the follower is, is. If it's me, I would say nothing short of a thousand AVAX. If it's like <laughs> any of your other followers, I would say nothing short. Well, Rooster, <laughs> I was about to go tip you on a post, but you haven't done anything in a couple yeah, of days. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sidelined right like, now. I was, I was actually going to get, I was going to briefly cover that. Um, I am sidelined <laughs> on both Stars Arena and Brentech right now. Um, it's, uh, I'm not, the, the current state of it, in my opinion, uh, I don't really want to actively participate in. I think it's wrong. Um, not like morally wrong. I just think the way everything is set, like the way Socialify and its current form is set up, I think is wrong. Um, and I don't see a personal advantage to me yet. My, my, my advantage was gone. Um, as, as the bots and scams accounts get smarter, what I was doing on Socialify has become harder and harder to squeeze uh, oh, I, I understand that. And if you don't feel like you've got any type of an edge in there, then don't. Yeah. So you know, it's like anything else with, with the rest of the market heating up too, there's going to be opportunity, uh, elsewhere. There always is. And I don't want to be sidelined for possible other opportunities while, um, chasing social fi. I think, you know, if someone knows how to code, I think I have uh, some pretty good ideas on how to build a lasting one. I don't think I think both current forms of Socialify will be passed up by a bigger and better company. I mean, you have Frentech, right, has raked in 
I don't know how many tens, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in fees, and the app is still dog shit. Um, same thing kind of with Stars Arena, obviously on a much smaller scale as far as funds. And I think they did update the lag yesterday, maybe. Yeah, thankfully it's not been – the lag has been taken care of, but, you know, you never know if it could initially all of a sudden pop back. Well, yeah, especially, <laughs> like, you know, at that's the thing. a million – dollar tvl or 1.2 right that's not a lot of activity or user base currently so as that grows it's going to get worse and worse um i think bonding curves are still too steep um if there even should be one i think a more appropriate way for a social fight to do it would be you can pretty much set your limit or have no limit and set your own price right i don't think it's there's supposed to be much of a uh, so my understanding of SocialFi, as far as um, you know, what it's in its pure form, what it should be. I was going to say about the coding. I know a lot of people. I know how to code, and um, a lot of people get just intimidated by the, looking at those screens. But if you really just, if you got some common sense and you know numbers. You know, and, and you're not a complete fucking idiot, and you just take the time to kind of, you know, say I'm gonna commit three hours into like you know, listening to about this or reading about this. It's not as hard as people think. I mean, it, it can be it can be made hard, but it's not it's it's just not as tough as people think make it out to be. Yeah, regardless, I'm dev- even if I were to like, you know, oh, let's take you know some time, learn how to basic code, no way in hell I'm attaching my coding skills to a social fi or anything that has anything. Oh, never, <laughs> never, yeah, yeah, never. Uh, I would not advise that. No, yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah, there'd, there'd be some flaw, I'd fuck something up. Here's, I think, the important thing that you're touching on that, honestly, it's important for anyone, right? Like, if you don't feel like you have an edge in a certain area, you don't have to, you know, push it, right? You know, like, the reason I do like Stars versus something like Friend Tech is because you do have a public option where you still can participate without having to invest, Right. So I think that's incredibly important. If any social fi is going to make it, you know, you have to have a public slash free side to it to be able to gain some type of traction, some type of visibility, some type of engagement outside of just the arena chat room itself. So that's the only thing that I really like why I'm more bullish on it. And, you know, even NBC, NBC tried updating their feed today. It's a little bit better. Still have some things to work through. Um, but you know, I think the public element's really important. I just, like, I was reading a post that I tweeted out um, at, like, two weeks into Friend Tech, and it was basically me, you know, encouraging a global feed and encouraging these other features that need to be in existence if you ever want a chance of these really gaining more users because you're going to have a lot of people like Rooster out there that are like, man, you know, I just... I'm not a big fan of these bonding curves, not really trying to like ape into anything right now, not until I'm more sure of the space or whatever else, like until I find some type of edge. 
So you have to have that free element to be able to engage without doing that. And I think in the process, the cool thing is, hey, people can still see you. They still have the opportunity if they want to be able to add in. You can kind of lurk in the background. But if it's fully, fully, fully token gated, then you just like, what good is the app? Well, <laughs> right? yeah, like, not, only, not only that, like, I mean, 100% all that. But on top of that, I mean, it's just obvious greed seeping from these platforms like the the fees that they're out that they're taking every transaction is outrageous and i'm talking for what they provide is absolutely outrageous it's pretty much they want to generate it's been dropped to generate fees that's why they put airdrop in it right because they're that magic word ooh free money for people if you come farm on our platform right that which brings in you know the big players, which brings in the ball. Early NFT vibes is what it is. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. In its current form, and especially with the bonding curves, right? It really, I mean, it's, there's a lot of Ponzi-nomics on SocialFi. And that's not saying, you know, anyone who's on SocialFi is, you know, abusing the system or bad guy or, you know, whatever, whatnot. Some people are actually providing content, um, is anyone providing you like four or five ETH of content? You tell me, I'm not going to buy their keys. <laughs> but like, it, it's for most people at this point, you don't have an edge, even with how small the amount of active users are, right? The To try and trade and surpass these fees, you have to be doing numbers, right? You have to have some tools to your advantage. Well, like, Here's what I agree with you on fully. I, I think from the trading perspective, dude, even even like when you have my size of account with people following, tr- pure trading is tough because, you know, the slippage is terrible, right? So basically, the only thing that I look at it as right now, it's like a pure TBL bet. It's like even people that I bought that cheated me, I'm going to hold on to them because I'm like, eh, you know. I, I'm still betting on the platform, the turnaround, and if at a certain point they come back, I think based on what the average prices will be of accounts like them at a 10 mil TBL will be X. Right now they're Y. It's worth just holding on to them versus like jeeting out and trying to get back in at a later point. Like I'd rather just hold and bet on basically, you know, the TBL continue to increase. So that's kind of like right now what I see as the strategy more so than just trying to trade in, trade out of whatever else, because it, there are bots that are going to be front running you. There are people that are going to have, you know, a bigger stack that'll force their hand. And like, you just have to, I really think it's a bit more of a, you know, it's a bit more of a weighty game looking at the relative value of, you know, what other products are in the space right now, where it is and where I think the real value comes from on the other side of it, like, and whether this lasts or not is to be determined. Right. But I remember during the middle of the bull market, man, there were people that would have paid insane money to have access to some private chat with a bunch of these names that are here. And, you know, whenever things do open up again in the bull market, I see that actually is having real tangible value as the market starts to turn around, you know, having access to this, these chats that have people that have influence, that have money that, you know, actually 
put their money where their mouth is, I think that can have value. And that's where I see the lasting side of it versus, you know, it's, it's social credit. You know, no, that I, is absolutely like th- there is a lot of staying power in social. I just think what I, what I was saying in the, in the current form and the popular apps right now are executing absolutely horribly. And it's obvious greed seeping from the pores. Um, the, the fees are outrageous. And like, you know, as far as strategy, you're entering the arena a lot different than 99.9% of people entering the arena, right? They, most people don't have a massive following. Um, and so oh, I, I they, they don't I enter. The strategy is completely different. Right, right. Um, so, you know, it, it might not be so easy to just for, for other people to just say, you know, do whatever. Right. Um, especially when you're, you can't get anybody early because public information on, uh, stars arena is like seven minutes behind. So bots have like seven minutes who pay for the Twitter API. I think it was like 40 K a month for that access. And then pretty much grants them like seven minute, uh, window of time to buy anybody before like a common person is and a common person isn't generating fees to be able to free ride and just gamble that on the TVL. Um, I, I think their major crutches are the fees that they're taking and the bonding curve itself is it, with any amount of users, you can't go mainstream if it is too expensive for the mass, right? Well, that's, right. But that's, that's where I disagree from a certain aspect of you have to have the public element incorporated into it, right? Because at a certain point, you know, I, that's where I see the value of the bonding curve is you don't want, you know, you've got to kind of limit the number to be able to keep it manageable to a certain point, depending on what you're looking for, right? So I, I do think that having... I feel like you could just set your own price at that point, though, without it being forced down your throat. And you only get half the bonding curve as a... As a creator, the platform is taking the other half. Uh, it depends on where you are. You know, again, so it's like on this 7%, for, but like everybody's going to play the fee game shifting around. Like, you know, the whole blur, OpenSea, whatever. I think that you're going to see some of these platforms down the road basically have their hands forced. And I think step number one of them doing it is they're going to start giving creators the optionality to be able to set their creator fees. Um, And you're going to have basically competition at certain levels of people, you know, altering their creator fees. The platforms probably will end up, you know, gnawing away whatever their percentages are. And you'll slowly see a decrease in percentages with all this. I honestly think right now what it is, it's one of those things, again, like going back to the early days of NFTs, where the early days of NFTs, like, dude, 10% total fee was pretty standard, right? You know, you were paying, which it's true, right? You were paying 7.5% to a lot of these projects, like 2.5% to OpenSea, and that was just kind of it. And, you know, obviously, we've seen with enough time and maturation in the space, that's changed. So I think that you're going to see a natural progression toward that. It's almost like, you know, one of those taxes for being early to an area. And again, I think the overall bet is if you're going in literally just trying to scalp in, scalp out, you're probably not going to do very well. It is purely for me, 
and what I would encourage if people look into it more of a TVL bet than it is anything else and make your decisions for entering exiting based on that. Like, I don't know. That's my strategy at least. Yeah. And, and to what you're saying about kind of like the open sea and the early in a TP structure, uh, I definitely agree. And if we, you know, just look at history, um, open sea <laughs> didn't budge on their two and a half percent. Um, which people ended up deeming way too much as soon as Blur came out, right? Um, and OpenSea is dead in the water now. Uh, I think the same exact thing will happen to probably both of these platforms. I think a new platform who's actually going to pay for more than a one-tick server um, for when they launch, that things will run a lot smoother, and they'll probably go with a, a 1% or a 2% fee because you have Stars Arena at, what, 7%? and um, Frentech at 5% platform fee, right? and then they're going to be completely dusted and dead in the water. Um, that That's what I think will might end up happening. Yeah, but, you know. We'll see, we'll, man. We'll, I mean, we'll it, 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 that's the whole thing. I think that you have to have an open mind with a lot of this as the space evolves, too. But, you know, talking about the value of just connections, like from my point of view, Right. There are a lot of these big NFT whales, et cetera, that I've actually, you know, built some connections with over the past course of the past, like two or three weeks that I feel like I never would have really had that exposure and their ear and kind of their respect without this. And when I look at it and I'm like, man, from the perspective of growing an NFT brand, it's like it is important to have connections with some of those type of people. And again, for from my perspective, as far as, you know, where I am and part of that hustle, I'm like, yeah, dude, like this is something where I wouldn't have had their ear. Right. I don't think I would have been taken seriously where now I think that I, you know, especially if this trend continues, it's like, dude, I think I'll be taken very seriously with that type of stuff. No, yeah, I 110% agree that for you, it's definitely beneficial to spend some good amount of time building connections on platforms like these and building other bridges. I mean, you already come with credibility, right? And it brings it into a, a window of less noise, right? And ability to be able to be direct with other people. Absolutely, 110% agree with you there. Yeah. So I don't know, man, we'll see. It's all, you know, it's all early and it's something that, yeah, I mean, trust me, I see every perspective going into it, but it all goes back to, you know, if it's something that you're enjoying and that you think that you might be able to have some type of edge with, I think the space is early, go for it. But, you know, if you don't feel an edge in any space, you shouldn't push, right? Like it, it shouldn't be something that you are just like, man, well, everybody else is doing this. So I have to, and like, you know, just stick, stay in your lane. And I think that don't, don't be closed minded to trying stuff out. But again, if you try it out and you're like, this isn't it, then, you know, great. There are other, other things to do. Um, yeah. I like to win, bro. Um, I only <laughs> like to win. So I try, <laughs> I try to stick to the, uh, those things or find something I can win at. I love it. Um, CMOS, what's up, man? Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Uh, forgive me, uh, because I'm a little bit ignorant as to the current state of the ETH ecosystem. Um, 
I think my crypto kitties have long since died. Um, it's been years since I could afford to even pet them, it seems. <laughs> but uh, but um, this conversation really interests me because, you know, I too am building something and then and therefore have my mind on tokenomics and interest and ethics and all of that. And it, it seems to me one thing that's one thing that I'll point out is we, we say that we disagree with like unnecessary secondary tokenomics and um, convoluted convoluted mechanics and whatnot. Uh, and there may be some basis to that, but most of us here obviously are investors. That's what I'm, that's what I've realized. 90% of the community is here because we're interested in investment mechanisms. And for somebody that has a tool that that is just a thing that works and either you buy it or you don't, seems to get very little attention. Such as what? Was there a question in there? Yeah, I was gonna say such as what? Uh, utility. It seems seems like it seems like I feel like the next bull run is gonna be inspired with a with a whole new wave of utility. But nobody really seems to be interested in investing in things that you can't necessarily flip. You just you buy it because you need to use it. Um, we're really mostly focused on like DEXs and blue chip NFTs or things that you can get LP tokens out of, you know, and, and we're still like 90% investing. And I'm wondering if really there's space for things that you just buy. Um, I mean, there's, okay. there's space for everybody. I mean, you're... I guess investment strategy will probably depend on, you know, what circle you're active in. You know, you got Bitcoin maxis who will buy nothing but Bitcoin. Um, you have what 90% of us, I would actually consider gamblers rather than investors. Um. <laughs> I, 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 was, I totally agree. And I hate to interrupt you. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, I bet sports, but I'm not like a degenerate gambler. Like I don't bet every game, every night, whatever. Uh, a few weekends ago, though, do you, if anyone keeps up with the NFL, um, da I bet Arizona to beat cover. I didn't bet them to beat Dallas outright, but I bet them plus the 14. And um, normally I bet around 200 a game. Well, I bet 1,100 on that one. And even my own bookie was like, you're betting 1,100 on Arizona today? And I was like, and him and I have been together for years. And um, we're almost like friends, really. He's like, well, shit, if you're betting 1100 on the Cardinals, I think I'm about to go put 15000 down in Manhattan on somebody. And I was like, you know, and so, yeah, in a way, we are all gamblers, investors. Yes. And um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. Yeah, no sweat, dog. Um, but pretty much what I was saying is there's an, an avenue for everybody. Um, most, in a, you know, majority of people even in crypto have no idea what even NFTs are even about. Um, there's a lot of people who aren't active in any communities at all who just buy every week. Uh, there's, you know, there, there's every single type of investor. There's a lane for everybody. Um, other than that, I'm not really sure what you were asking. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, man. Yeah, I didn't really track too well either. Uh, yeah, I, no, me either. I guess I, I guess I just wanted to inspire a discussion that might might be able to to benefit me. Like, I I can't think of a reason to to put out any kind of LP token or that that could be you know bought and sold. It's just a thing that you pay to get access to, um, but nobody's really interested in something that you can't flip that you simply buy because you want to use it. Even movies don't seem to do that well and music NFTs are not doing as well. It's taken me to a point where my primary target customer is not involved in crypto at all. Um, and I'm a little bit surprised that um, even apps like music apps that have obvious mainstream appeal um, don't seem to even be like trying to take away from the market share of the rest of the planet, which is significantly larger than any blockchain now. I mean, like, I don't know what you're selling. It sounds like you're targeting customers. Um, but at the end of the day, right, there's always going to be a hurdle for the first mover of anything, right? Any invention, any any new path, right? The first social fi or the first mainstream one that got popular in the small circle that it is was Frentech, right? And then new ones started popping up, you know, multiple every single week. Uh, so things don't happen until they do, right? You, yeah, there aren't many super successful, you know, blockchain-based uh, music labels or, you know, whatnot until there are, right? Um, so that's more of a question on, Exactly. Are you looking for the fastest avenue of cash from your customers' pockets to your pockets? Or are you actively trying to build something that's substantial and could be a foundation for improvement? Um, I really feel like the only thing I need to succeed is usage. And that's really like my biggest weakness. Without anybody actually using it, then of course it has no value whatsoever. And all, all my life, just just personally, um, I've always been pretty retarded to like why people do the things that they do. Um, so I'm not sure like what I could do to make it more of an investment mechanism for people. Well. I mean, again, that probably heavily depends on what you are trying to deliver for to someone. If you need blockchain as part of your structure and your your business, right? The easiest way to onboard the masses, because the masses are not a part of crypto, right? Is to do it seamlessly without them even knowing, right? That they're using crypto while using the product. Um, so if that's something you can incorporate, that would probably be beneficial to your situation. Hmm. Yeah, just like pay pay with Stripe or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, I think there are a lot of different options to be able to attract users, man. But you got to have more of a vision of exactly what you're going for to really give you more of a clear cut answer. So. Yeah, I, I just want to shift the convo back a little bit because I feel like we're kind of in a place where I have no idea what the heck we're talking about, really. So, 
Uh, I want to shoot Same over to clear. Nev real quick. Nev, what's going on, man? I saw you come up a little bit ago. Wanted to give you some love. Good to see you, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Happy stonk anniversary again. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day to be a wonky stonk holder. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, I uh, I was on the arena. I love like Stars Arena. I've been having a good time with it. Um, what you were talking about a couple of minutes ago about um, betting on TVL, that like makes sense. And that's what I'm trying to do as well. Um, <laughs> but everybody that I bought before the uh, the exploit uh, decided to leave the arena. So down tremendous and having to start all over again. So, yeah, thanks for buying some of my tickets, Kaleo. But uh, any any tips on how to find people that aren't going to rug? <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, I'd say step number one on average, I just wouldn't buy people like this is just a rule of thumb for me. And it always has been with friend tech as well. I don't buy people that buy themselves. Um, because like at the end of the day, the big question you always ask yourself on these social fi apps is what is the real motivation for buying yourself? Well, it can be twofold. So number one, you could say, okay, well, it buys you credibility toward the top of the leaderboard and people are, you know, all of a sudden they want to trade you. And maybe you think that you'll be able to buy, you know, whatever you invest in getting yourself up there, you'll make back in fees and airdrop points and cool, you know? But the second side of it is, at the end of the day, you know, what do you do? How do you unwind um, that whole the whole self buy portion? And it just, I don't know, man. Like there are a lot of people that are very selfish, and they're going to present themselves as doing one thing, and then they're going to go and do another, right? And I just think that that's very backhanded. So there's some people that I that have the morals to do what they say they're going to do and they're not going to you know go back and dump on their holders. But there are a lot of people that are like they want to extract as much liquidity as they can and they're just trying to farm you. So I just think that it's better to eliminate that risk completely and not <laughs> buy anybody that's bought a ton of themselves. So that's step number one, in my opinion. If you want to avoid a rug, you look at holder distribution. You can do that on various tools, sites. You can look at that. Um, you know, number two, dude, I, I look at people that are actively investing in the platform because there are a lot of people that are out there and maybe, you know, they're active on the timeline. But you look at their holdings and their holdings are really light versus their price. The issue I have with that is they're not as financially incentivized to continue doing stuff, right? They haven't like their mouth is there, but their money's not where their mouth is. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot greater of a chance of them stepping to the side, not being quite as active. And, you know, you just not really getting the benefit you thought you were because they're not around as much. So I look for the combination of who has like a cheap price and high holdings and, you know, hey, are they posting some content to the timeline? That type of stuff. If I can find that golden triangle and Neb, as far as finding it, dude, I do a shit ton of digging. You know, I spend a lot of time on a bunch of these different, you know, whether it's the front end of the site itself or whether it's on some of these other, you know, tools that you can dig through the back end with. 
Um, I, I just, I do a lot of work on that side of it, looking for kind of that trifecta. Hell yeah, man. That's really good advice. But at the end of the day, you can't be assured at all that one day they will, won't wake up and be like, this isn't for me, which Clay, I, I have a question for you, actually. Um, if one day, you know, someone decides, let's say, you know, they have a, a substantial uh, position and, and set up, and one day they do decide it's not for me, what, should, what do you think should be the appropriate way of exiting? And so, are they allowed to think that? I, I think it's all about the way that you presented yourself on the way up. Like, honestly, you know, if I wanted – like when the whole thing with the collapse happened, right? If I wanted to exit my position there, I would have felt, you know, like a completely shitty human being doing it. One, I, I did believe there was a good chance for a bounce back. But two, it's like, even if there wasn't, you know, I thought it was the only right thing to do to basically hold the bag on the way down because it's like I talked about it on the way up. And I think that that is, you know, as much as from a financial perspective, you're looking at it and you're like, oh man, that hurts. You know, that's like 30, 40, 50 grand that's up on the line as far as losing it. Like I could really use that, but you know, like I feel like my reputation and my morals are worth so much more than that. Um, So I like, you know, personally, my, my game plan with it is right now. And like, you know, I've preached stacking under, you know, this two mil TVL is a no brainer. So like, I've continued to do that. I would feel really bad about like, I don't think it would be right for me to all of a sudden one day just exit everything. Even if say the devs had like a huge fuck up, anything else. It's like, I've put my name out there. I'm going to go ahead, just stick with it. You know, like it is what it is, but you know, if there are people that they have just silently been stacking, they haven't really said anything about their plans one way or the other, they're just doing it. And people are, you know, I think in that case, if you haven't been as public about it, then you've got a little bit more freedom to do what you want to do. Right. <laughs> um, but if you've been publicly speaking and saying one thing, man, you, you, you've got to stick by that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, do you think, though, it could be appropriate for, let's say, someone that has a large of their initial, their own initial invested, and they apparently it's not what they thought it was? Do you think it's fair to pull out the initial? Like, I can understand, you know, having a small initial, you're a big proponent, you farm a lot of fees. And then you pretty much extract that liquidity and disappear like some accounts have done. I could definitely understand that being way taboo. But would you think it would be fair for someone to, you know, try something out with their own capital and then withdraw their own capital? Yeah, you know, I I, I think that obviously, you know, every situation is a little bit different, right? You know, it still just goes back to, what you said, what you're doing. I think there are, you know, (laughs) whether you like it or not, you can't say one thing and 30 minutes later do another, you know, that's just my take on life, right? Like you are hundred percent agree. 
you're standing by one thing, you've got to stand by it and understand that there are risks whenever you put your money on the line, because whether it's money farm from fees or it's money from, you know, you're putting in from initial, whatever, like money is money, right? Like, and I, you know, maybe there is a slight difference in the way that you can approach it. But to me, more than anything else, I think that it's about following through with, you know, what you've been, what you've been saying. Okay. So uh, apart from being vocal, right, let's say, cause there will be a scenario like this and they probably will end up getting called out is let's say a publicly quiet person comes to, you know, whatever platform grinds, you know, builds up pretty much only speaks on that platform and that building a, a substantial position and then deciding that they no longer want to partake in that platform. Is that allowed? Okay, so they just don't want to. I, so, I, so, so, the, so essentially they're not like being a proponent for it. They're not trying to bring people over for it. They just came, did their own thing. You know? Well, yeah. I said, in that case, up. honestly, do whatever the hell you want. Like, right. You know, if you're just there and you're kind of vibing, you're doing whatever else, you try it out. You don't like it. You haven't really said one thing or the other about it. And, you know, like people are speculating on you. It is what it is. Do whatever you want in that situation, in my opinion. By the way, I'm having the bug again where I can't accept requests. So you're solo dolo on this one. Yeah, I've been struggling too. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I think in life, whether, you know, it's an NFT project, social fi, you know, trading, whatever the heck else it is, you got to stick with what you, you say, right? And that's the most important thing. Um, but on that, I actually do have to cut it off, unfortunately. Got a good buddy from out of town coming in that uh, is supposed to be coming over here in a bit. So got to get ready for that. But love you guys. You know, interesting conversation today. Um, good 87th consecutive episode. For those of you who don't know, do these every single week. We just come by, hang out with the community, um, you know, and talk about whatever's happening in the market right now. It's not always all about stonks, but, you know, that's uh, what br brings us together. So... You know, wonky stonks are inevitable. And um, don't forget to tip. Tip your way. And all you European and Asian folks, don't forget to tip when you come over here or Rooster's going to come after you. So, all right. See you guys later. Cheers, everyone. Have a good one.